The following program is sponsored by Friends of Life Outreach International. And I think the, my body was telling the truth on me, something I wasn't even aware of yet that I couldn't even articulate, that I was, I was terrified of not being perfect. I was terrified of not executing, and I was really terrified that if I stepped out for some reason, my weakness would be the biggest presence in the room. Former actor Allison Allen calls you to drop the brave act, step into the role you were made for, and shine. Today, I'm Randy Robison. And I'm Sheila Walsh. And one of the things I love about being here is I get to introduce our audience to some guests that maybe you, we haven't had on the show before. And I'm really thrilled about tonight um, because this um, beautiful woman is a friend of mine. I remember the very first time I saw her perform a dramatic piece and I was so profoundly moved by the depth of what she shared. Her name is Alison Allen. Her book is Shine. Will you please welcome her to life today? Thank you, Sheila. Thank you. Wonderful to have you. Yeah. It's such a joy. Um, and when I was reading through your book, I thought this is quite a commitment because, I mean, you, you write dramatic pieces, you do them beautifully, but that's, a, I mean, that's a big work to sit down and write a book. Why did you decide at this time that it was time to write? Because I really felt like the Lord said it was time. And um, it, it's kind of a culmination of a 25-year journey. Uh, I've, I've spent so much of my life as an actor and so much of my life performing and being in front of people, mostly in the theatrical sense. And I realized there were so many places in my life where I wasn't a Matthew 5.16 woman. I didn't let my light so shine before men that they could see my good works and I would glorify my Father who is in heaven because I was too busy acting my way through life. Hey. And I, I, as I get to talk around the country, I just find that there are lots of women, I think, who are doing the same thing. We're, we're hiding in the shadows. We're hiding in the wings. And Jesus has this incredible place of realness and, and luminescence for us that he's inviting us to. But we've got to be brave enough to take that first step and join him on the God stage. And so it's a bit, bit of a memoir, but it's, it's also you know, a manual of, of how Jesus has healed me and invited me to shine in a way that I that I actually never knew was possible and that it has nothing to do with performing. Yeah. You mentioned the acting, just not to toot your own horn or anything, but give people an idea of some of what you know. You've done quite a bit of significant well, stage work. I, yeah, right? I always I always just say Jesus opened the door and I said yes. I mean that's that's kind of the upshot of my life. But I in the seventies when the musical Godspell swept the culture, I was just riveted uh, by the story, so much so that I actually believed Jesus lived next door to me in the farmhouse in Katy, Texas. <laughs> and then uh, when we moved to North Carolina I just found myself involved in incredible magnet arts programs and had a really significant teacher who said, you know what Allison, I think you ought to audition for Carnegie Mellon and I thought not Carnegie Mellon, because it was a super, big, yeah. super competitive uh, acting school. And I auditioned, and against the odds, I, I got in. And then shortly after CMU, um, 
I got the call to go to New York and audition for the first revival of Greece in the mid-90s on Broadway. And I wound up doing a role there every night, uh, one role in the ensemble, and then I had three leads that I covered. And so I did Greece for about 650 performances. Yeah. And that's on Broadway. Yes, so that's yeah, your moves. That's right. That's right. Very impressive. Yeah, I always joke that the hand jive comes back to me in my nightmares. So, you know. Um, and then, you know, the Lord just took me on a, another incredible journey. I wound up getting to do drama at Women of Faith for three years. And now I just, I do a combination of teaching and dramatic, you know, pieces wherever the Lord opens the door. So I just walk through. You, you've got the street cred when it comes to being on stage, when it comes to playing a part. Hmm. Yeah. So why is this very important to you that you convey that, that we not act our way through life? Well, I, I just think that there was so much of, of my life that I was hiding in the lights of the world and I wasn't finding my value in the light of the world. Mm. There was, um, you know, some brokenness. I have, a, I have huge chapters of brokenness in my own life and um, some, some bullying that happened here and there as I moved around. I'm not uncommon in that story, I don't think. But I believe in many ways, Randy, I was hiding on the stage. Mm. I, I thought, well, they won't pick on that character. And it was a place that I could excel. And so it really was this slow and long work of grace where Jesus said, you know what, you can, you can take off the character shoes, mm -hmm. which is a common tool that we use as actors. And you can take off that false character name and you can actually show up with your, your woundedness and your weakness. And you can believe that my goodness will ignite that place with my glory. And that was, that was a scary prospect for a woman who had acted her way through life. And um, I just think I'm not alone in that that sense of performing. And it was so, so good to me when, when Jesus said, you don't have to perform for something that you already have. You're mm. already accepted in the mm. beloved mm. and you don't have to act and act and sing and yeah. dance your way through life, spiritually yeah. speaking. Yeah. In your book, you tell a very vulnerable, transparent story right at the beginning. Um, of where you're expected to be on stage and something happens. Tell us about that experience. Yeah, I was, I was uh, in Southern Cal and I was, I was supposed to do a ministry piece and, and there were about 1,500 pastors and leaders that were gathered. And you know, I had written it, I had rehearsed it, I had done all the things I knew to do to be as ready as I could be. And um, I don't know, it was probably about 20 minutes before the sound check, I found myself in the parking lot hiding under a little scrub, scrubby bush talking to someone on the phone and going, I, I can't do it. I just, mm. I simply cannot do it. And my heart felt like it was about to explode in my chest. And I just kept saying, I can't do it. I can't do it. It was, it was like, it was on loop. And, um, the voice on the other end said, it's okay, you, you don't have to do this, this is a panic attack. Mm -hmm. And I had never experienced that. I mean, I had spent a lifetime on stage and, and here it was, the marriage of ministry and craft that I love so much. And, and you know, people have asked me, Sheila, like, what was that panic attack about? I think in many ways there was a vulnerability to not having all the props and the masks. It was a much more real type of piece and I was doing it for people that body of Christ felt Mm -hmm. And I think the, my body was telling the truth on me, something I wasn't even aware of yet that I couldn't even articulate, that I was, I was terrified of not being perfect. I was terrified of not executing. And I was really terrified that if I stepped out for some reason, my weakness would be the biggest presence in the room. Mm -hmm. And um, I've, I've come to treasure that Jesus says, you know, I'll, I'll make more use of your consecrated weaknesses than I will make of your so-called perfected strengths. And that's, that's really my heart message and the message of shine. You talk about something in the book that I think 
I certainly think most women identify with. You say that even though you would say, hi, my name is Alison, inside your own heart and mind, that is not what you called yourself. Not at all, not at all. Um, I think because of the brokenness and um, what I experienced, the only way that my young heart could make sense of all that was to um, assume that the problem was with me. And, and looking back on it, what I realized I had done is I'd given myself this false character name. And though I would have, um, Introduce myself as Allison, even even at Pinnacle Experiences of Broadway, Women of Faith, Carnegie Mellon. I would have said, "Hey, I'm I'm Allison Allen, or I'm Allison Metcalf Allen." What I believed of myself on any given day, at any given moment, was that I was rejected. <sighs> and I lived my life, and this is what this is what I'm so passionate about because I know I'm not alone in this. I talked to too many women who feel this way, even as a believer who had walked with Jesus the Christ for 30 years, yeah. I still believed that I was rejected and rejectable, and so I lived life either trying to disprove being rejectable, which meant achievement, right? And, and checking off the list and doing all the things and performing, or oddly, it meant affirming the false name, which was, look, I'll reject you before you reject yeah. me. I'll disappear mm -hmm. before you have a chance to, to reject me. And one of the sweetest things, one of the sweetest healings in my life is that Jesus began to knock on the door of my heart and he began to say, can, can, we, can we please deal with that name that's on that spiritual lapel, that you're, you're not rejected Rejected, you're accepted in the beloved. And um, and, and I, I do this little exercise on the road with women where I have them write down kind of false names and we exchange them for the biblical names that reflect God's nature and his character and his word. I'm always astounded that about 80 to 90% of all women, uh, regardless of age or length of time walking with Christ, respond. It seems like many of us carry these false names. And I... Um, I did this event at, at a Texas church, and as I was getting ready to fly, um, one of the event planners came up to me and they said, Allison, this, this gentleman would love to speak with you just for a second. And so I, I um, walked over to him and his lips were quivering and his eyes were filled with tears and I tried to engage him in conversation and he, he couldn't seem to speak. And I happened to glance down, it gets me. Anyway, I happened to glance down and, and clasped in his hand was a name tag. And he had secretly taken place in that exchange, the great exchange that I usually lead women in. And it was holding on to that name tag. And somehow I understood, I think by the Holy Spirit, that that false name had become such a part of him that he just simply could not let go of it. And I looked at him, I said, sir, can I have it? Wow. Do you trust me with it? And he opened his hand and scrawled in pencil were two words, convicted felon. Oh. And I said, hold on right there. And I grabbed a blank name tag, I got a Sharpie, and I wrote forgiven. And the, the, the mm. truncating the story, I have since spoken to that man. Mm. He, he works at a church and he said to me, share my story anonymously anywhere you can. <laughs> he said, but every day that I get dressed, I have that forgiven on my closet mm. door. And I mm. realize that I am not the convicted mm. felon. I am forgiven. And I think that, to me, that is what Jesus wants mm. to do. And it's what he's done for me. That's mm -hmm. huge. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Wow. Uh, two questions. Um, why do you think, especially believers, because you mentioned you're you're a believer for a long time, why do you think we hold on to these names that we know up here aren't true, but have a hard time down here believing? And, and what is it that breaks it finally? 
Well, for me, um, you know, healing, I always joke or, or say that healing is like um, the most beautiful layers of an onion. My, my healing journey with Jesus, he never chopped the whole thing in half because I think I would have died. There were so many things that were hidden so deeply within me. And so for me, Randy, it's just been progressive. And what's odd about the rejected, like Sheila knew me at Women of Faith and I would get up there and do my stuff. But really, I was constantly struggling with this false name and right. kind of walking alongside myself. I yeah. was playing the role of the Holy Spirit, yeah. trying to trying to go execute, do it perfectly, be right. funny, now be serious, right? right. And so for me, I, I don't know that I have a, a one, two, three answer, but what, what I know Jesus has asked me to do is to keep bringing those very broken places mm -hmm. and going, Emmanuel, God, you are with me mm -hmm. in this place. Mm -hmm. Can you take the next layer off? Mm. And the reason I do the name tag exchange is I think there's something powerful. Maybe you found too. this in being physical, oh, writing something out. Oh, yeah. uh, Marilyn Meeberg used to talk mm -hmm. about that. He's yeah. a wonderful Christian oh, yeah. oh, psychologist, a speaker, lover. Oh, oh love, love me. We used to get free therapy yes, on the we road. Did. Yeah. That's right. Get in the bus. That's yeah. right. We get in the bus and say, help <laughs> me, help therapy. me, Marilyn. But she would talk about the, the power of doing something that was action. Right. And so that's, you know, when the Lord had me share, hey, can you just share to this group of women that you actually believe yourself to be rejected and write it down and make the exchange when we were, were invited into those things. I don't know how God does it, but somehow with each successive time, the enemy loses his power mm, yeah. and healing comes. Mm. And so for me, it's just been layer after layer after yeah. layer. Yeah. Yeah. I want to encourage wherever you're watching this from, if you're sitting at home or you're watching this online or if you're in a hotel room, why don't you grab a piece of paper Absolutely. and write down the label of what you believe you are. Yeah. And then, you know, my last question to Alison will be some of the names you can write as to who you actually are. You yeah. tell this beautifully moving, powerfully poignant story about your mom when you discover that your mom has cancer and the kind of legacy that she left you, which was an unusual gift. It was an unusual gift. Um, as, you, as you said, um, we got the news that mama had pancreatic cancer and it was stage four. So there, there wasn't a whole lot of hope for longevity. And um, we prayed our guts out. We fasted. We called every prayer line and it became... Um, pretty quickly apparent that the Lord in his grace and his sovereignness was saying, sovereignty was saying no to that healing on this side of the veil. He was going to heal her on the other side of the veil. And so when that became apparent, we just put her to bed and we tried to make time crawl. You know, when someone has uh, terminal cancer, you just want time to slow down. Yeah. And uh, one of the things she loved was um, Josh Groban. She loved his music. So I, I put on the VHS tape, just trying to, to help her with some of the pain that was racking her body. And um, she... She didn't seem to be fully there, Sheila. She was kind of already singing with the angels, is the way I put it. It was like one foot was already in eternity. And she asked me to turn it down. And she took my hand and she said some words that I'll never forget. Um, she said, I could have done so much more with my life for Christ. And I... I leapt in that moment to defend herself against herself. I was like, no, mom, no one was more generous. No one was more good. No one was, was more sacrificial for my brother and I. But she seemed to be really relentless in giving me a gift that only mortality can deliver. And that was, she, she seemed to feel there were so many ways and places where she didn't step out and shine, that she stayed in the, in the spiritual wings, that she hid. And then she, through tears, asked me to use my life for the healing of other people. And so I, I think she was giving me an antidote to the lie that many of us as Christian women can believe, like, it doesn't really matter. 
if I show right. up or not, if someone I, will do it. If I step out, because mm -hmm. there's 10,000 yeah. people waiting in line. And Mama's words to me that day, I carry that like tattooed on my heart, like it matters. And when Jesus calls you to a role, when he calls you to shine, he knows there's something uniquely crafted about you and Christ in you, the hope of glory, mm -hmm. that is specifically suited to the glow of the moment. And so whenever I get, whenever I let fear win the day or whenever I feel like, there's a hundred women that can do it better. I go, but if he is called, that's all that matters. I'm stepping out weakness and all and be, you know, believing that he'll do something incredible with it. Yeah, I mean, I discovered that's really irrelevant. There'll always be people who can do things better than that's you. Right. But if God says you, then that's you right. show up. What are some of the things that people could write? Mm. that would be positive things to well, hold I, on to. I always say that for every lie we've believed, there's a truth to be received. I mean, God's word has, has the antidote for, for the poison. And so spit the poison out like you've encouraged people, get a piece of paper. And um, often we'll find people that fill it till there's no white space left. There's so many false names, but names like appointed, chosen, hmm. beloved, um, the head and not the tail, more than a conqueror, the apple of the eye, mm -hmm. accepted in the beloved, mm -hmm. on and on and on it goes. And um, just just sit with that, maybe get a name tag and mm -hmm. throw that old name tag in the trash can and maybe do like my friend and put that, that new name up on your closet so that when the enemy hits you or when life circumstances hit you, because we're human and we wake up to another day where we're getting knocked down, we can go, you know what? But God's healing me in that place. I'm not rejected, I'm accepted and I'm going to live out of the, the fact that God does not ever call me to the adventure of faith by calling me by that false name. Mm -hmm. He calls me by my true name. Mm -hmm. The thing that I think is amazing about your book is even though you've had this tremendous background in acting and wonderful opportunities, this really is a book for everybody because every single woman, every man yeah. um, thinks somebody could do this better. That's right. But if every single member, I mean, can you imagine if every mm -hmm. single member of the body of Christ showed up? Yeah every day, just showed up 100% believing. Yeah. I love it, Sammy Rodriguez, who's a friend of our ministry said, you know, when a believer walks into the room, the atmosphere should shift yes. because of who lives in us. Yeah. Amen. And I love that. To me, that's the message of your book. Yeah, and I think as I, as I get to talk to people around the country, it's like there's an invisible army. And if we could just begin to dare to believe what God actually says, that he doesn't, he doesn't ask us to like polish up our strengths and curate our strengths. He uses our strengths like he uses every bit of us. But I've found uniquely his power pressing on my life when I step out in weakness, like mm -hmm. Paul, and go, like, this is what I have. If you can do something with this, come and do something with this. If we would start to believe that, I think the, not only the kingdom would change and the mm -hmm. church would change, I think mm -hmm. the world would change because I think uh, folks that are looking would look at broken people yeah. rising up and, and strength being pressed down into those broken places and yeah. go, look, there's, there's got to be a present redeemer. Yeah. Yeah. There's got to be a real savior. So. Because Christ, the hero of every story. Then. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Amen. Yeah. He's the hero. He's the dramatist. He's all of it. Yeah. Absolutely. And there is a chance for you to step out right now. You can shine. You can make a difference in someone's life for the sake of the gospel today. We want to show you how. Take a look at this. No, I feel so bad. I can't know how to explain what I'm, what the pain I'm feeling now. What has made you so sad? I have lost two kids.
I can't imagine losing two children and then to watch a village every day have to bury children because they get so sick on this water. You know, you can't tell, but she's pregnant with her third child. We want this one to have a chance to live. It's a very simple thing that we can do that will bring clean water to this village, clean water to this mama, clean water to this baby. So this baby lives and a whole village is going to explode with gratitude, with life. Can you imagine what it's like to bury your 10-year-old son and then to have to bury your six-year-old daughter and then to be carrying a third child? I remember when I was pregnant with Christian, you know, I, the things that I was concerned about weren't, is he going to live because the only water we have is going to give him a disease? And I've walked with these moms and these children down to these water holes and, and the water is filthy, disease-ridden. But what's their choice? They have no choice except they do. If we get into their village and if we drill a water well and fresh water comes to that village, it literally, it changes. I mean, the whole village goes from death to life. And they're not asking for a lot. All they're asking for is clean drinking water for their children. As long as the body of Christ is on this planet, this should not be happening. Mm -hmm. Because you and I can do something. If there was nothing we could do, then we'd fall on our knees in despair. But there's so much we can do. And that's why I'm so honored to be part of this ministry. Because I've seen the difference, Randy, it makes when we go into that village and we dig a water well and suddenly for the first time in their lives, fresh yeah. living water. Oh, what a beautiful sight. And you know, Sheila, I've got four children. If, if any of my children faced anything like that, I would give anything. I would give everything to save them from the waterborne diseases, just to give them some clean water. We're not asking you for everything. We're asking you for a little bit. Just partner with us. There's great things we can do. Did you know that $48 will provide clean water to 10 people for a lifetime? The number is, is, is it's almost Hard to believe, but when you get into the program that we've been there for years doing this, we, we've drilled many, many wells around the world. So we've done this, we've got things in place. So your gift today goes a long, long way. Our goal for this new year for 2018 is to drill 400 wells in 15 countries. Do you know how many, how many lives that will not just change, but save? 
you can be a part of something huge this year. Will you go to the phone? Will you go online? Will you join us? Many of you can give far more than $48, 72, 144 perhaps. Some of you can give the $4,800 that it takes to drill an entire well. If you can do that, just just pray, Lord, is that what you want me to do? And, And just do it, step out, do something big. We can make a big, big difference, Sheila. We can change the world. (laughs) And it's why we call it Water for Life, because you know when we put one of those wells in, it lasts for 70 years. So literally, for the life Mm -hmm. of everybody in that village, you have given them life. So please, go to your phone, make the best gift possible. If we do it together, we can change the world. Every day, children living in extreme poverty are forced to make a dreadful choice. Drink dirty, polluted water filled with deadly disease or die from thirst. No child should ever be faced with this decision. The good news is there is a solution. Mission Water for Life is one of the most proven and viable demonstrations of God's love in the world today. You can help end the suffering because clean water changes everything. With your gift today, you can help drill 400 water wells in remote villages in over 15 nations. Your gift of $24 will help provide clean water for five people. A gift of $48 will help provide for 10. $72 will provide for 15 people, and $144 will help provide fresh, life-giving water for 30 people for a lifetime. With your gift, we'll send you the riches of Christ, what true prosperity looks like, filled with wisdom, prayers, and scripture. James Robison adds insight from what God has shown him about finding contentment in the Father's provision for your life. With your gift of $100 or more, please request the Children of the World Storybook Bible. This easy-to-read Bible features colorful art by children from nearly 50 countries around the world. Finally, please consider a gift of $1,200 to help provide water for 250 people or a gift of $4,800 to help sponsor a complete well. And you may request the Bridge of Faith framed canvas print by Thomas Kincaid. Please call, write, or make your gift online. We don't want any more children to die so unnecessarily because the solution to contaminated water is a cup of clean water. How do we give these children a cup of clean water? By coming in here in this village and drilling a deep well that will give them beautiful, clean water that will last a lifetime. And then also they will eventually learn the beautiful story of the water of life. So thank you for giving Your gift will not only help their lives today, but help them for a lifetime and through all eternity. Thank you so much. If the lines are busy, please keep trying. And for any gift at all you give, we will be honored to send you, my friend, Alison Allen's book, Shine, Stepping into the Role You Were Made For. Thank you, friend. It's been awesome having you here. Thank you so much, guys. It's been a joy. Such a blessing. And thank you for watching. Join us every day for Life Today. And do what you can. We want to hear lots of well. Thank you for being with us.
If you're in the Dallas-Fort Worth area, come be a part of the Life Today studio audience. Call or email today to reserve your tickets. You'll be inspired and entertained. Tomorrow, author and speaker Joe Saxton explains how she knows firsthand how quickly the world can cause us to doubt our dreams and question who we are. Life Today is made possible by the supporters of Life Outreach International. Your gift will be used exclusively for the exempt purposes of life. The ministry features specific outreaches as examples of the programs it supports and conducts. Gifts are considered to be without restriction as to use unless explicitly stipulated by the donor. The ministry is a member of the ECFA.